Our community-based approach is bringing people who are part of many different communities together, but that we're tackling something collectively. So whether it's figuring out how to cook a new meal or figuring out how to um, make a puppet, where the community component comes in when we're doing it together, that we're recognizing and we're, we're creating a space where people are not in silos. They're not alone. They're not isolated. And welcome to the fifth episode of the Literacy Quebec podcast. We are very excited to be here today again. Jamie, aren't we? Hi, everyone. <laughs> hey, everybody. A podcast for lifelong literacy learners in Quebec. Literacy is more than just knowing how to read and write. It's about being able to interact with the world around you to your fullest potential. So my name's Chris. I'm your host here with Jamie Cudmore. Um, say hi, Jamie, to everybody. Hi again, again. everyone. <laughs> Great um, to be here. I'm really excited for today's episode on family literacy. You bet. We have some great special guests on our podcast we this week. You want to reel them off? So, what do we got here? We got uh, Gabrielle from Literacy Quebec, and she had a great chat with uh, Desrian McFarlane. Um, she's the program uh, program coordinator at the Montreal Children's Library. So, listen up to that. That's a great interview that they had together over the phone. And Chris, you got a chance to speak with Norma, who is a children's book yep. illustrator. Caracamina. She's uh, if uh, a lot of you listeners might actually know some of her work. She's got some brilliant child's book uh, stories illustrations out there and she says that uh, you might recognize her from the the eyes that she has in her characters like she has very sp specific eye design and uh if you see kara carmina carmina um you you notice it so it was a really really good chat about family literacy with her and i got to speak with joanna who's the executive director of literacy in action and we talked about the community-based approach they take at literacy in action in their mm -hmm. literacy programs and how they support the development of family literacy through their programs like arts and scraps yep. and books to belly which is a very popular program across quebec now all right awesome so We've got a jam-packed episode we've it's got heaps to get into. Yep. We'll hear right. another update about the Scotiabank run that's actually happening Absolutely. this weekend. This weekend, guys. So, so um, let's start. Rock and roll. Literacy Lowdown, where we interview a special guest for this week's episode's theme. So in this week's Literacy Lowdown, we have Gabrielle Thomas and her conversation with Desrian McFarland. Yes, Desrian McFarland. Sorry, Desrian, we're, we're battling here with your wonderful name, so apologies for that in advance. But first, let's think about what family literacy is. According to ABC Life Literacy, by reading to children and engaging in fun literacy activities, parents are actively keeping their own skills sharp, while at the same time strengthening the relationship between the family which in turn encourages lifelong learning. Excellent. So it's really bringing in literacy to the family. Yeah. It's it's not just for kids to learn how to read and write, but it's also for parents to strengthen their own skills. That, that's going to be super interesting yeah. to, to go through that definition of according to the ABC um, on life literacy. This episode lines up really well with some of the work that we're doing here at Literacy Quebec right now. We have a family literacy toolkit that's 
available right now on our website, literacyquebec.org. But we're going through it and we're updating it. Right now it's for people who want to put on events, but we really yeah. want to have a broader audience. So we want families to be able to take this toolkit home and do some of the activities within the booklet. Now that's really exciting too. I mean, that's going to be huge, uh, a great update from what we've learned through the uh, clear writing and, and plain language booklet, etc. that we've been working on. So, so we're going to put things into play here. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And we're hoping to develop some uh, downloadable activity cards that you can just look at quickly for ideas of what to do at home. And Chris and I will be developing some videos based on those activities. So <laughs> look out for that in the future. One, two, three, four, five. Once I caught a fish alive. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Then I let him go again. Hey, we have Gab here in the LQ studio to talk to the, us today about the Mother Goose Hello. program. Yes. So, <laughs> so what is Mother Goose? So hi guys. Yes, I'm here to tell you about Mother Goose. And listen, I had the chance to catch up with Desreen McFarlane, who's the coordinator of the Mother Goose program at the Montreal Children's Library organization. And Mother Goose, basically, you will hear about it from Desreen in my small interview with her, but uh, I can't wait for you guys to listen to this because this is a great way for parents of all backgrounds, of all learning backgrounds, to help engage their children and learn with their child and sing with their child and grow in, in uh, the Mother Goose journey. So this is a great opportunity and I can't wait for you to listen to what I had to say with Desreen. Okay, Desreen. So can you tell me a bit about the Montreal Children's Library and your involvement and what programming Mother Goose is exactly? I'll start by telling you that the Montreal Children's Library was established in 1929. So this year we're celebrating our 90th year. So it's a big year for us. And we're going to, my role as a Mother Goose coordinator is to support the programs that we have outside of the Montreal Children's Library. Like the Montreal Children's Library has their own programs, mostly in-house and are in the neighborhood of, of St. Michel, where they go to different schools and do story time and their children who come to the library for story time. And they have a lot of different activities and games for children as young as infants to, I guess, 17-year-olds. So but my role is to coordinate our satellite operations. So we have Mother Goose in different, in seven different community centers in and around the Montreal area. So there is a program in St. Michel. We have one at James Singh High School. We have two at Family Family Resource Mosaic. We have one in Cote de Neige and one at the Sancler Green and one on Pierce Street at Innovation Jeanne, just not far from Concordia University. And so I basically oversee all of the sites. I make sure that all of the staff are in place and just, you know, cover the logistics of uh, running a program at the different sites. Yeah, well, for those who don't quite know, what is Mother Goose exactly, if you could explain okay. it shortly? Sure. Mother Goose is a program where we 
encourage moms or teach moms to sing songs and do rhymes and storytelling to their children. So basically, mothers come with their young children, zero to three years old, and it's a lap time program where mothers are sitting with their children on their laps or in front of them, and we sing songs and tell rhymes, do rhymes and tell stories. And basically, it's a program that encourages moms to in turn learn to do these different activities with their children. So we're teaching the moms to teach their children. So we're helping their moms become their child's first and best learners. So, or teachers, I should say. So, um, yeah, basically it's an oral program where we do everything is done orally. There's a lot of repetition. There's a lot of uh, singing and we also do a little bit of movement. So it's a very so initially I got involved with Mother Goose at my local library and I was I knew I was interested in working with kids and and reading and all that and so I was referred to this program and when I arrived there I was told that the animator would sing songs and and rhymes to babies under one and this instantly amazed me. Back then, that was three years ago when I first heard about the program, I actually had no idea that reading to a child that young could have an impact and could have a huge impact, actually. But I learned that as soon as I walked in and observed a session. My ever since that first moment when I was able to see the babies reacting to the words, to the songs that you'll hear Desiree sing, some of them. So every day there's opportunities throughout my day where I can do a little song or a little tickle with a child. And the one that I will do first was, is everybody knows I love my skin. Everybody knows I love my chin. I love my eyes, my ears, my elbows, and my nose. And everybody knows I love my toes. And it's just a little tickle where you can just <laughs> touch your child and tickle them and tickle their toes or tickle their nose. It's really cute. And um, there's another little one at the bone. And it goes, Father, Mother, and Uncle John went to the market one by one. Father fell off, mother fell off, but Uncle John went on and on and on and on and on and on and on. And he just keeps bouncing and bouncing and bouncing, and the child just loves it. And um, another bounce that I could do is uh, uh, to market, to market, to buy a fat pig. Home again, home again, jiggity jig. To market, to market, to buy a fat hog. Home again, home again, jiggity jog. To market, to market, to buy a new gown. Home again, home again, whoops, the horse fell down. And you just let your child fall between your legs and they can just do it for hours. Thank you so much, Desreen. My pleasure. Mm -hmm. I hope it goes well. That was a life-changing moment because I saw that it was a way that parents could instantly bond with their children. And as they were singing with their kids, and, and you know, the parents are learning the words of the songs too. So it's an opportunity for the kids to learn, but the parents are also really getting a lot out of this experience as well. And they're meeting other parents too. And so that moment when they're holding their children 
they're learning the songs and they're singing them to their child, literally enveloping them in words, in music, in the, in the rhythmic sounds of language. It is a magical experience and it really is magic. Thanks so much for sharing that with us. We can tell how amazing this program is by the way you speak about it. So thanks. Thank you so much. One, two, three, four, five. Once I caught a fish alive. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Then I let him go again. Why did you let him go? Because he bit my finger. So which finger did he bite? This little finger on my right. Yay! <laughs> So I got a chance to meet with uh, Child's illustrator Norma from uh, Caracamina. Um, so guys, check out her books. Um, they're just wonderful. Uh, it was a great talk about literacy in families and how she actually develops a alphabet card illustration. Listen up because it's a really good talk. I uh, hope you get a lot out of it. We'll post uh, links to her website okay. and yep. some images online in our show notes and on, on our blog at literacyquebec.org so you can see some of her work. Yeah, great idea. She also does posters and alphabet posters and it'd be uh, great to look at, at in your kitchen, your bathroom or your bedroom. It's a, it's a really, really good interview. So listen up. So we're here today with Norma from... Uh, Cara Carmina. And, uh, and Norma's a, a brilliant uh, illustrator for uh, kids' books. Where did we meet when, when we first uh, bumped into each other? Hi, Chris. Uh, we met at a Christmas market. You, you approached me because uh, you saw my alphabet. I have this new line of work called Petite People, which is basically a line of uh, material to educate through illustration and my first uh, product on this line is uh, an illustrated alphabet that I did in English and in French and it can be used by teachers or uh, parents to teach their toddlers to start reading getting used to the letters and that's uh, basically how we met absolutely I was I was super intrigued about this and uh, and thought it was brilliant and that's why obviously I contacted you to, to to catch up with you today and Obviously, we spoke about to part of the episode one of Literacy Quebec's new podcast was defining literacy and and like I say, learning about petite people and your uh, your poster, your alphabet poster, etc. was really intriguing. And so, what's your definition of of literacy? Okay, so, for me, literacy is as important as breathing. Yeah, I think it's a basic necessity because if you don't read, if you don't know how to um, write or read you're isolated from society nowadays everything the most basic information as we talk about like even things as as given for granted to read the name of a street an address Mm -hmm. uh, a schedule uh, a menu in a restaurant if you don't have the capacity of uh, reading you're you're isolated from these basic uh, activities in society so even even more for more complicated activities for me, literacy is uh, it's a right and it's a necessity. Absolutely, Thanks. that's fantastic. <laughs> and um, so tell us more about um, petite people and and your alphabet poster and how our meeting kind of brought us to. So this, to, yeah. Okay, so for me, um, as an illustrator, I'm always looking for new projects, and I wanted to. Well, I've been always working with kids, but my interested, uh, my interest. My basic interest of uh, working with kids is helping them to get 
more curious to, to okay. get creative to never stop uh, asking questions and I think books and reading are a basic way of uh, engaging kids in these activities Absolutely. I give workshops drawing workshops coloring ro- workshops to kids from five years old to 12 years old okay my favorite age is the what I call the wowers okay the five years <laughs> old to six seven Wowers? This, yeah, Excellent. these kids wow for everything. Uh, wow, okay. They have the capacity of getting amazed by everything around them. And we lose this capacity as we grow up. Right, right. And I believe that's a sad thing in our society. And in school, they should promote the wowing, you know? like. Yeah. So my Petit People line of products is based in the concept of learning okay. with illustration. I okay. believe we can learn and use beautiful images to help kids to to learn so for me when i met you literacy quebec uh, it, it opened the idea you taught told me about your project and how literacy quebec is involved in society yeah i saw a potential for this project of mine to help your project excellent and tell me about these particular alphabet cards and how how you use them this this product is uh, made for parents okay. specifically, but uh, I discovered through the markets this Christmas because it's the first time okay. I expose my work to the public. Many teachers approached me and they told me how much they like the product. Okay. Because uh, visually it's very appealing, yeah. it's fun, and it's simple. And okay. kids at this age, they like simplicity. Okay. So uh, the cars can be used as ludic material uh, you can like make a game with your kid you can show them the the cars okay. you can be like castle with the cars you can call the names of the letters sing the names of the letter with the alphabet song but you can Fantastic. also use them as a, a decorative thing for their rooms you can hang them in a banderole style all right and kids can touch them you can turn them find the letter there's many ways to use them and the poster of course is uh the complete alphabet you can hang it and frame it on the bedroom of the kid Absolutely. and the kid can constantly see it and learn through it beautiful i mean, all, all your listeners i, I mean uh, what what i can try and describe to you is that uh, you're looking at a poster with uh, obviously the the letters of the alphabet on the poster and um, and norma is just beautifully illustrated these beautiful designs at each letter that explain what the uh, what the letters can be used for sure. And uh, it's it's a beautiful piece of artwork, and same with the alphabet Thank cards. You. I mean, uh, look, I'm looking at A. Obviously, in in French, it's avion uh, for A, and uh, there's a beautiful um, illustration of uh, of person uh, riding in an aeroplane, and it's just it's just fantastic Thank artwork. Thank you. It's... I wanted to to make it original because there are many alphabets out there, illustrated ones, and they most of them have the same images with the same words. So I, I try to look for. First of all, the important thing to say is is both in English and in French with yes. the same words. Uh-huh. So that created uh, for me a challenge to find the same uh, words which were uh, at the same time funny, relatable for a kid, and that started with the same letter in both languages. Right, right. So you can find funny funny letters like, I mean, funny, uh, funny words like robot or zombie oh, for yes. the set. <laughs> and... Um, Woodstock for the W, that was a very difficult one. Woodstock is the little bird character in uh, Peanuts. Oh, okay, right, right. And I have uh, Frida for the F, Frida Kahlo, which is a favorite character of mine. 
you have uh, origami for the O and the petite people. Petite people means little people in English. Yeah. So all the characters are small kids, children in general, boys and girls with the image of the letter in a palette of blues and reds and it's that's and a little bit of jello. But that's basically the the project. You can find it in Instagram. Uh, petite people. P -t -e -t. Yeah, petite we'll, people. Petite people. And we'll we'll definitely get a, a link up where people Thank can you. go and, and look at your artwork. I just see it in a in a, a child's room or the parents' room yes. or, or even, even um in the kitchen, you know? Yeah, like for sure, where, where it's you just want. beautiful. So Thank you. Um, it will grow up, but the people will become oh. a line of uh, learning material. Okay. So the alphabet is the first one. Okay. I will create numbers, I'm planning on the colors, the seasons, and all the things that the kids for maternelle, first grade and second grade are learning. Okay. The basic information they're learning. Fantastic. So your motivation with your artwork and illustration and literacy is that number one is young, the younger Population, the kids, yes. the younger the population, we can get, get to engage. Sure. Yes, yeah, right. Is is the motive, the motivation behind what you do? Yes, yeah. I, as I told you, the the younger the kid, the most uh, amazed it is for the world around them. Yeah. So I think if we promote this amazement and this curiosity from a young age, yeah, they can continue having it as they grow old. Absolutely. So okay. my work is a bit showing i've always said that the purpose of my work is showing with the how the beauty of things lay on the simple things we forget about the simple things in life as we grow up and the kids know this is the most beautiful thing around them yeah and they they have this amazement capacity i i want to keep it and my work is focused on that oh, excellent Thank excellent you. absolutely and and so from here um we spoke about um possibly involvement with Literacy Quebec yeah. and uh, um, you had some ideas that uh, around workshops or involving parents, kids. Can you tell us a bit about what sure. you're... After what talking you're... to you and uh, seeing your website, I, I think I could incorporate my workshops with kids, which I've been giving for the last two, three years, with Literacy Quebec uh, in, a, in a structure of making the kids the teachers of the parents. Yeah. I think that would be a fun idea because most of the people that uh, have kids and are illiterate, they have this sad situation where their kids are going to school and they're learning to read and they're finding right. out these wonderful books or stories and they cannot uh, share them completely with them because they are not able to read. And I I think that's, that's super sad and it's such a frustrating situation to be in, right. grandparents and parents. So why not make a workshop where the kid teaches the parent yeah. and through beautiful illustrated books or through material like my alphabet and there's so much out there that we could use as material for for such a workshop absolutely i see a potential of uh, getting involved working with youth organizing this absolutely. workshop and it could be a situation where uh, parents feel less intimidated with working with kids than adults perhaps where there's less judgment there's less judgment of, of uh, working with a, a young child that's teaching you how to uh to to read or, or go through the letters of the alphabet absolutely. using petite people or whatever absolutely it's, it must be so um i mean i we give uh, literacy for granted we talk we about it you and me yeah, uh, we did we yeah. we learn how to read we do it every day and uh, we tend to forget in fact you brought it to my mind i i never thought my 
yeah. work could help adults to read. But reading is such a, a privilege right. for some of us, you know, and we forget about it. So yeah, take it for granted. I, I really think it must be a sad and shame. I can understand how somebody can be ashamed of not being able to read. Yep. And I can yeah. understand how difficult it could be to come to read, uh, to learn to read, sorry. Yes. Already it's it's a frustrating situation, but then if you add up the, the factor of anguish or shame, right. it would be more difficult. So to engage an adult through their kids, it's a fantastic idea. I think it, it would be, be such an exciting a, idea, huh? It's a cute idea. I mean, the kids also would be excited, I guess, to help the parents or the grandparents. Absolutely. Because kids want to help. They're kind in nature. and Exactly. Also, they would be proud of showing their skills of reading to the parents. You see how I... <laughs> Absolutely. I, I see it. I think they could be excited to teach. A kid could share their knowledge that that is such an amazing uh, figure itself in itself. That that's, uh, sums it up, doesn't it? The kids' excitement uh, and and it's probably a, as big a win for the children as what it is going to be sure. for the uh, maybe even bigger for the kids. They're going to learn more by teaching. In a way, and, yeah, because so, they also yeah. would take this experience of helping. You know, you yeah. teach a a kid to help through knowledge. Yes, that's a fantastic uh, idea. Fantastic. I'm happy to uh, work with you, yeah, Chris, absolutely. and I'm looking forward to, to do this a reality. Yeah, I hope it can Absolutely. We're going to catch happen. up again. Uh, we'll be in touch. And, sure. And uh, thanks for your time, Norma. Thank really you. appreciate Thank having you, you on. Thank Excellent. you so much. It's now time for Members Moment. Each week we share stories, experiences, and events by our member organizations, volunteers, and learners. In this week's Members Moment, I got to speak with Joanna Bateman from Literacy in Action. Literacy in Action is a volunteer-based, not-for-profit organization serving the Estuary region of Quebec's Eastern Townships. Their mission is to offer English-speaking learning opportunities by hosting literacy-related activities for individuals of 16 years or older. But they also do lots of family events. So they train tutors and provide both resources and a network that encourages interprofessional collaboration to help foster a community of learners. Joanna spoke about the Literacy in Action's programs mm -hmm. and she talked about the approach that Literacy in Action takes. So really delving down into what the action part is in literacy for her. And she talked about how Books to Belly program really spread fast. It's a, a program where parents and kids get together with literacy in action and they read a book that's related to cooking and then they make a recipe and eat food together. Sounds wow, great. Sounds excellent. So have a listen. Thanks, Joanna. I'm here today with Joanna Bateman from Literacy in Action. Welcome. Hi. Do you want to talk about your role in Literacy in Action? Sure. I joined about three years ago as the executive director of the nonprofit organization Literacy in Action in the Eastern Townships but on the Estre side of the territory. What is literacy to you? Literacy for me has really evolved since I first started with the organization. You know, when I got there, I was like, okay, reading, writing, math. But what really inspired me, what got me involved with the organization was actually the name of it, the idea of literacy in action. So how do we bring literacy skills to life? So I've been exploring that for the past three years, three to four years now. And literacy has come to mean ways in which we engage in our world, 
how we come to understand society, how we come to use the tools that are disposable to us, you know, from using a parking meter on the street to going to the grocery store to deciding what movie we're going to go see. You need literacy skills in order to kind of maximize your experience in the world. So I've really been kind of exploiting that idea over the past few years. So it really is more than reading and writing. It's how we use words. How do we use symbols to communicate and to connect with others around us? What's the action part in literacy and action? You're saying it's like how we use literacy, the skills in our daily lives. So what's that part in literacy and action? What services do you offer? How does that look in your operation? We use a community-based approach as an outreach strategy in our organization particularly because we cannot use traditional forms of advertisement for our services to someone with low literacy skills. So by involving the community, by using a lifelong learning perspective for the organization, we're able to include everybody who's interested in exploring English language skills. Mm. So through that, we have arts and scraps, We have a program known as Books to Belly, and uh, we do game nights or poetry jams. And these community-based activities really foster the idea of how to use words in a creative way, how to use words and language to connect with their visitors to us, but neighbors, Mm -hmm. um, your family, your children, your grandparents. We really have a beautiful intergenerational presence in those community-based activities. We were making puppets the other day, and the puppet making was linked to the motor skills, right? Mm -hmm. So you don't typically think about literacy as something other than words, but it really is, is how do we use tools? How do, how Mm -hmm. do we use, so there's motor skills linked, there's the kinesthetic learning. It's exploring how to learn and discovering how you learn. It's this idea that if somebody has been struggling with reading and writing their whole life, then, because we, by the way, work with adults primarily, but we invite families to come. So if you've been struggling significantly over your lifetime with reading and writing, it's not going to be your first choice to go to an activity that's like, this is how, you know, mm-hmm. a how-to. Uh, so we use art, for example, to explore and discover, to help you discover how to learn and how you learn best. So you might be an auditory learner. You might be a kinesthetic learner. We explore it with you. You said that mostly you work with adults, but uh, you encourage family to get together at some of the activities. Why is the family aspect or a network approach or a community-based approach important? Because literacy, if we look at the stats, if we look at the research that's been done, low literacy is an intergenerational phenomena in families. Literacy in Action is funded by the Quebec government to work specifically with English-speaking adults 16 years and older. However, part of the experience of an adult is often having kids. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So um, one of the barriers we've seen in helping and and inviting uh, adults to come to programs is that they need a babysitter or they need uh, child, like they need childcare or transportation is an issue. Mm-hmm. They need, um, if they have low literacy, often finances is an obstacle as well. So we offer free community-based programming where families are invited 
to come to make sure that we can work with the adult uh, and collaborate with the adult as well as foster skills within them that they can then transfer to their child. And at the same time, the child is learning with us along the way. So it becomes a replicable activity in the home place. You have talked about arts and scraps and books, books to belly. <laughs> can you explain those programs? What, what, what happens in them? Why are they important? How is art connected to literacy? Arts and scraps has a lot of different roots in the program development of it. But specifically, the human capacity, one of our biggest strengths and what we all share is creativity mm-hmm. and imagination. Someone who has low literacy skills has a particularly well-developed creative resource in their mind. And they're very they're very tangible because they've had to do things with their hands. They're often people who work with their hands. And they're often um, people who have had to find creative solutions to surviving without being able to read in their everyday life needs. So the Arts and Scraps is a play on art education. We're not teaching you how to become a sculptor mm-hmm. or how to become a seamstress or a patchworker. We're really exploring the idea with people who are used to using their hands and who, who don't see themselves as learners um, or as artists that they, that they have these capacities. So we, we're really playing with the idea that we're trying to create a learning moment for the adult in a way that's indirect from this is ABC. So we offer um, instructions, but we also use an open an open model. So we put materials in the center of the room and they can make whatever they want. Um, but we'll, we'll usually have a theme as well. So if they want more instruction or they want more direction, we can offer it. Um, and so Arts and Scraps is is bringing that each one teach one philosophy and approach to learning and sharing and rec- and validating each other's knowledge, innate knowledge into the, into the forefront of the community. And so somebody who knows how to read and write can share with someone who doesn't. And then the each one teach one philosophy, that same person who doesn't know how to read and write can show the person who does know a craft or a skill or something else and the and the arts and scraps space is is destined to do that is destined to validate and to recognize the creative capacities and the and the actual knowledge that the low the the stigmatized low literacy Mm -hmm. learner adult or parent has is to kind of help them recognize that they are just as skilled and just as capable to teach someone. You get that reversal? Mm -hmm. Omi Baba is a writer, is a philosopher, is a cultural theorist who talks about the third space. My background is in alternative community education Mm -hmm. and alternative community development because through education, The third space for me has always been, how do you create a space 
that fosters connection, that mm-hmm. fosters humanity, that fosters validation, recognition of the other, and ultimately that is structurally designed to help an individual self-actualize. So if you have if you have art or you have food or you have books or you have construction material or you have a broken bike that needs to be fixed, what is the space that will allow somebody to what do you need mm-hmm. to help that broken thing or that unmade creation emerge? You know, you need a space. Intention of creating a community space where people could come and share their skills and also build a stronger network within their lives and and, and build and acknowledge their own capacities. That's, I think, that connects. Exactly. Yeah. We use Arts and Scraps and Books to Belly and Game Night in particular as activities that are outreach for us. We are not expecting everybody to come in who comes into our organization to need one-on-one tutoring skills or tutoring for anything. What we're fostering in that space is lifelong learning, is getting away from technology, is creating a space for people to connect that is not in a bar, Mm -hmm. that is not um, where you don't have to pay to go in. And... You know, that's the community side. And then the literacy side is having a flexible framework by design for learning to take place Mm -hmm. and for knowledge sharing to take place. Do you want to talk more about what the Books to Belly program is and maybe making that connection between family, food, and um, reading and learning? Books to Belly is one of our highly sought after programs that was piloted last year in 2017 to 2018. And before we finished the pilot, it was, it was, it it started popping up. So it really is a program that is in becoming. It's still in becoming, which is a lot of fun because over the past now, now it's been about a year and a half. You know, we've seen this program go from one community to nine. It's been translated into French and it's been adapted for allophones. So this program, what it is, in essence, is an activity that invites families to come read a book and cook a recipe. That's it. It's it's simple. But it's going back to the idea of the space. What is happening? What makes it different from, you know, getting together and cooking with friends is that we've selected books that are, uh, that talk about food in some way. We make a connection uh, and then we cook a recipe that's inspired by one of those themes in the book. With children, often you talk about, you know, what are the themes? What are we learning? There's always a lesson in a, in a child's story. But in the design, we really invite the parents to be a part of the whole process. We're not reading to the kids. We're reading to everyone. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of have this, you know, the some of the questions that we ask are directed to the parents, just like we would have directed it to the child. So there's that component. And then the cooking side is, again, going back to this idea of literacy in action. Sometimes when we're learning fractions... Um, you know, you color in squares mm-hmm. to understand fractions, but to make numeracy three-dimensional, 
you know, cooking is a great way to do that. So you have like a cup of flour, three quarter cups of, uh, I don't know, oil, like whatever it is, but you get to see different textures. You get to see what kind of measurements there are, what they look like, and also the language around a recipe, because cooking is fundamental to our survival. Knowing how to cook is a really key component, (laughs) as one could imagine. But more and more, you know, we grew up in a fast food generation. Uh, We grew up in a microwave meals. Mm. um, And we could literally, you know, microwave a potato. Right. So how do you boil a potato? How do you, you know, things like this that some people very much take for granted, but other people, they want that skill. And the way to get them, the way that that need is emerging is actually with their kids. Mm -hmm. They have a child in the same way that a parent wants to learn how to read because they have a newborn and they want to be able to read to their kid and they don't want their that, you know, they want to do the best they can for their child. The same is linked to cooking. They want to be able to nourish their child. Um, and so the idea with Books to Belly is really to make cooking fun and make it a part of the lifestyle, make it a part of, it's not something where the parent, you know, cooks while the kid watches TV. Um, it's really to create a, a collaborative experience in the kitchen so that, um, they can learn together. And because they practice with us in the activity, they're, they discover new, whether it's new ingredients or new recipes, they've tried it out for free. So they don't have to worry about the cost of the food. They don't have to worry about making a mistake because you know, it's, they're doing it together with mm-hmm. us and we're, you know, and we're all like the, going back to the each one teach when everybody has a tip in the kitchen right. and that's a <laughs> lot of fun, um, to share. So, you know, uh, they can bring the recipe back home and try it out if they want. And so part of our program is also evaluating that seeing as was I said, it was a program in becoming, we want to see if it's able to transfer, you know, skills that they're learning with us, then then is it being replicated in the home? Because if that is happening, then um, it's a program worth developing more. For sure. One thing about literacy organizations is that we're often perceived as working only um, for people who are illiterate. So people who cannot read and write at all. But the truth is, is that we're working with people who might be wanting to develop employability skills or skills that are linked simply to social life, linked to improving their quality of life. Um, Whether they use that language or not, that's what's going on. And when I first came into the sector, I was trying to figure out how could I bring a community-based angle to this to it. So going strictly from one-on-one to community. And the essential skills component was a huge part of that because there are nine essential skills recognized by um, the federal government. And that's reading, document use. So when you need to fill out a form, mm-hmm. being able, knowing how to fill out a form, numeracy, So math, sometimes that's budgeting. Sometimes that's, well, it's often linked to budgeting. (laughs) (laughs) It's tax 
in season. <laughs> tax season, for example, writing. So obviously, you know, the idea of communicating through symbols <laughs> with other humans, um, oral communication, working with others, thinking. So critical thinking, how do you find new information? How do you decide if that information is something that you believe in or not mm-hmm. um, or want to know more about? How to use technology. So they, you know, computer use, but it's now, you know, technology, uh, technological literacy or digital literacy, mm-hmm. excuse me. Um, and, and the ninth essential literacy skill is continuous learning. So knowing how to learn, knowing that you can learn. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't exist simply in the classroom setting or in a training at work. It's you're constantly gathering new information to assess, evaluate, and then make new decisions in your day. So the essential literacy skills are features in our programs that we don't advertise per se, but it's going on. Right. So you're reading a recipe or you're reading the story, you're part of that experience, the document use, how to understand a recipe, mm-hmm. right? It, or um, in some cases, it's the registration form uh, when they're coming in to the activity. The numeracy with math, obviously, it's, you know, as we talked earlier, there's oral communication. Um, how do you, you know, that those kinds of things are being fostered. The idea of working with others, being a part of a team, being in the kitchen, being with uh, in the community space with the arts and scraps, like all of that is happening. When we talk about community base, it sounds, it could be just like, oh, I understand what that means. But to you in Literacy in Action, what does community base actually mean? That's a great um, nuance. Thank you. Yeah. In our case, for those of you listening in another part of the world, we're based in Quebec uh, and we're based in a rural township and we're also part of a linguistic minority. So we're offering an English speaking activity in a rural context. Our community based approach is bringing people who are part of many different communities together, but that we're tackling something collectively. So whether it's figuring out how to cook a new meal or figuring out how to um, make a puppet, where the community component comes in when we're doing it together, that we're recognizing and we're, we're creating a space where people are not in silos. They're not alone. They're not isolated. In the townships, you have people who live you know, it's, it could take 45 minutes to go to the grocery store. So, you know, imagine that. So we try to go out to the community. So we work across the territory. So when we say community, we really mean going to the people. We mean going to where, so even if it's three people, that is still like, they may not have met yet because they haven't had a context to meet or because it's the English speaking community in the Eastern townships of Quebec, they know each other because they've lived there their whole lives. And, you know, everybody knows each other's last name, but it depends because the English speaking community is evolving due to the changes in our world. So who identifies as an English speaker is also variable, but it's important to note we do not offer ESL. We do not offer English as a second language, But as part of the community experience, we're not going to ask you not to come in. 
you can come and practice your English. And again, somebody who has low literacy reading and writing skills, but they're an English speaker, they can share their oral communication skills with a second language learner who's coming to practice their English. You know, so so we add an angle. We we find ways to make sure that people feel like they belong um, and know that they belong to to something that's greater than them and that they're not alone because often people are struggling to connect and we have an opportunity to use our most innate skill to bring people together and that's literacy that's reading writing and language communications yeah wow that's really powerful what you just said you said you uh work across the townships do you have an office where people can go to or how do they how do they get involved in your programs where do they find you the best way to find us would be on facebook because that's where you're going to see our most up to date yeah. uh, information. So that you would you would type in L I T E R A C Y I N A C T I O N dot E S T R I E. So that's literacyinaction.estry. And that's how you would find us because there's another organization in Vancouver. Okay, not to be confused. <laughs> yeah, not to be confused. And so there's that. And then there is our website where you can get um, kind of an idea of who we are. There's maybe a bit more, it's a bit more technical, it's a virtual way of finding out about us. But it's www.lia dash e s t r i e dot org o r g and our phone number is 819-346-7009 so anything else you want to add today to our conversation that you think that you want our listeners to know just in a snapshot any organization that you go to that's linked to literacy across I do believe across the continent, <laughs> you know, is is really trying to make learning fun and knowing that reading and writing is, you know, is an essential part of people's growth, but it doesn't define you. It doesn't make you, you know, a smart or dumb person, if, you know, if you can or cannot read. And, and I, and, and that is ultimately what we want people to know. We want to be able to foster and support you if you're looking to improve your reading and writing. But ultimately, you are, you have skills to share with us. We have a lot more to learn from you. And we want to hear your story and we want to collaborate with you and we want to help you connect with others. Thank you so much for the opportunity to share a little bit about our organization as it fits into the greater picture of the alternative education approach in the community sector. Thanks. Thank you so much. It was our pleasure today to listen to you and to learn so much about Literacy in Action. Upcoming events.
right, Jamie. So we've got some upcoming events to go through, uh, a jam-packed uh, couple months coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I'll start with the uh, Scotiabank Marathon, which is on the weekend. Can't wait. Oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm nervous. I've got 21Ks to run. you got 10Ks to oh. run. <laughs> we can do it, though. I think, but, I think uh, it's going to be fine, and we're going to have some great volunteers out there with us yeah. and great Guys, it's runners. it's still time to volunteer. It's still time mm-hmm. to sign up and run. We're, we're sitting at $1,659 now that you guys have uh, supported our running group so far uh, with and that money is going to be evenly distributed back to the members of Literacy Quebec and help them to run their literacy programs because as you guys know, I mean, this is free service around the province of Quebec, right? And so we can only put that on through donations and and funds raised for those causes. So it's a really good thing. And we have 19 runners, which so we've got over the amount of runners to represent the membership group. So we're excited about that. So that's this weekend, guys. Um, So uh, get down to Parc Jean Drapeau. and come and support or uh, get involved and, and run with us. So uh, so that's this weekend. Remind us how to get in touch with you. All right, so, so uh, you can get in touch with us via email at admin at literacyquebec.org, which is probably the simplest way to get in touch with us, or our phone number. So our phone number is 514-508-6805. So you can get in touch with us there and, and put your name up on the board to get involved. Hey, we just got these great uh, t-shirts in today. We did, we did. So if you're out there on Saturday, you can find us by these bright Aqua blue, blue t-shirts. t-shirts with the <laughs> black heart with writing about literacy in the middle. Yeah, absolutely. With a big logo on the back. So come and see us. Uh, and also we've got obviously a, a Literacy Quebec bag as well. So you get a whole bunch of goodies as well, um, water bottle, literacy information, even a book. We've even got the copy of the Verdon Story book as well. Yeah. So anyway, we've got heaps of stuff in there, so come down and get involved. Great. What else we got? This is a reminder about Gaspisy Literacy Council's event on April 27th, the Memory Box Activity. Mm-hmm. Places are limited, so make sure you register with the GLC beforehand. You can call them at 418 368 5611 or email at gaspelit at gmail.com g-a-s-p-e-l-i-t at gmail.com awesome next just another reminder uh, eastern quebec literacy has their 2019 digital literacy initiative lunch and learn webinars so you can get in touch with michelle osborne at the quebec city reading council at michelle underscore osborne at qcrc.org or call 418-681-1258 for more information on that event. So that sounds really good too. Next, we have got some storytelling events Mm -hmm, coming up now. In the next couple of weeks, we have an episode on lifelong literacy learning through storytelling, right? Mm -hmm. We've got some pretty awesome people on that episode. Yeah, we got to go to an event at Concordia and Chrissy got to talk to the storytellers later on. Amazing. Was... And the event itself was amazing, and the interview for next episode is going to be great. Really good. They shared some events coming up about storytelling. They did. So, so not this Friday, but next Friday, May the 3rd, there's an event called This Really Happened at the Blue Met. So I'm guessing this is in Montreal. Mm-hmm. Um, then Thursday, May 9th, there's an event called Blooming Tales at the Wiggle Room which is a, I think is a Montreal iconic kind of storytelling room. <laughs> um, <laughs> they also so, have burlesque shows there, I think, and yeah, bands. 
Exactly. Apparently, oh, they're, they're, they're yeah. not in the burlesque, but they're kind of in yeah. between the burlesque yeah, yeah. show. So, uh, and then Saturday, May 11th, confabulation anniversary show at the Centaur Theatre. Check those out. Um, you can find them online, and but we'll include some links in the in the description right. of the podcast. So, what else we got? That's all for this week. But a reminder to our member organizations or any listeners who have events in Quebec that they want to promote that have to do with storytelling, literacy, or anything you find interesting that's related to the podcast. Please send them to us. We would love to share them, and we'll post the links to the events. You can email at admin at literacyquebec.org or give us a call at 514-508-6805. Thanks for listening, guys, today. We had a, a great episode. Time to give us say some thank yous. Yep. Um, thank you to Joanna from thanks, Joanna. Literacy in Action. <laughs> from Literacy in Action. Uh, Gabrielle Thomas from Literacy Quebec, our uh, illustrious Gabrielle. Thank you for doing your uh, interviews. Desrian McFarlane from Mother Goose Program Coordinator. Thank you, Norma, and our member organizations for submitting your upcoming events. And the Centre for Interdisciplinary Research on Montreal at McGill University. Joanne and I met there this week for our interview. Thanks, guys. I think that's about it. Remember to subscribe, share our podcast, write to us at admin at literacyquebec.org. And send us a voicemail if you want at 514-508-6805. Thanks, guys. Have a great week, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks for the next episode. Bye, everyone. Bye.